0: Hi friends, this is Liz Coomer, the co-founder and co-artistic director of It's Personal. I'm here with Sarah Murphy talking about her first performance with It's Personal. Sarah did our first online show and the theme was survival in May, 2020. So let's talk about her rustic vacation and let's get personal.
1: adventurous, maybe too adventurous. I suppose this is how I ended up using the bathroom in the bucket in the middle of Northern California. Okay, let me explain. Wolfing is a worldwide volunteer exchange program. It stands for Worldwide Opportunities for Organic Farming. Through this program, you can go anywhere in the world for free. It's free housing, it gives you free food with only organic meals served to you. And in exchange for all this, All you have to do is a few hours of work on a family's farm. As soon as I found this, I thought, yes, this is how my husband Eric and I will get a vacation this year. When I presented the idea to Eric, he said, you want me to go pick vegetables on a stranger's farm so we can hang out more? He was not on board. Then I told him, no, no, Eric, you see, you choose your host family's farm. Some of them are actually full working vineyards which means we could stay on a vineyard, pick wine, squish it with our feet and drink, weir- and drink real Merlot made by us. Listen, it's free wine education, free wine, free food and a free stay. Then he was in. A month later, we drove one hour from LA to Mendocino, California to live in a private cottage with Miss Devorah for the week. When we arrived at her home on the highest peak in the county, we were greeted by Deborah. She had wild curly hair that stuck out in all directions like she was Einstein. She had strong arm muscles and wore a self-assured smile on her face. She smiled at us when we arrived and began to show us around our accommodations. Devorah guided us through her garden, where rows of bright green vegetables popped out everywhere. Then we saw it. In every corner of her garden were toilet seats with buckets on them and there were no walls for privacy. Are those toilets? I asked. Dvorah smiled. Oh yes, much more efficient to just go in a bucket. Then you can use your feces to compost the plants. A farm is always about being efficient. But the bathroom was only 15 steps away. Eric's jaw gaped open. This will get better, don't worry. Then Devorah guided us to our beautiful yellow cottage where we would stay for the week. When Eric and I stepped into the small space, we noticed a swarm of moths flying around the entire room from an open window. Devorah chuckled, Oh, I'm sorry, window doesn't shut. But don't worry, bugs are good company. Eric's jaw gaped open wider. This will get better, don't worry, I whispered. As we set our bags down, I couldn't help but notice potatoes lined up in a desk on the corner. I looked at Devorah and said, uh, I think you left your potatoes here. Devorah smiled and said, Oh no, those are just a little decoration. I don't have much, so I decided to spruce up the place with potatoes. Now Eric's straw was halfway down his face. This will get better, I promise, I whispered to him. Then Devorah lifted up her finger to say one more thing. And I left you a bucket, just in case you have to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night. We can't go to the bathroom in the house, I asked. Of course you can, but I wouldn't risk it. My old pit bull gets really aggressive at night and she might attack you. It's best to use the bucket. Then my jaw gaped open. Eric turned to me with a smirk and said, this will get better. Don't worry. If you're wondering if we stayed at divorce house we did for one night we put our best foot forward and helped out on the farm. As for the vineyard well it wasn't wine season and the vineyard was overgrown as for the bucket yes at 3am in the morning I shamefully used it after that Eric and I made an executive decision it was time to go. Eric had just earned two free nights at the Marriott, and we saw this as our ticket to freedom. We said goodbye to divorce Farm early and drove an hour into the lavish city of Sonoma County for a much finer stay. The Marriott was beautiful with fine furniture and windows that actually shut. But as we settled ourselves into the hotel, I observed what was happening. My husband and I were back to our patterns. He was catching up on ESPN, and I was reading a book. You see, Devorah's house was rustic. And yes, it felt like a game of survivor where we were really surviving, but we had needed each other. During our short time there, we helped build a fence to keep critters out of her garden, together. We picked vegetables for dinner, together. And in the morning, we went to our chicken coop and gathered fresh eggs, together. Now, we were arguing about what fancy restaurant to go to for dinner. Here at the Marriott, we weren't a team anymore. We didn't need each other as we did on the farm. The fine luxuries of life had drifted us further from each other when all we wanted was quality time. As we cleaned ourselves up and got ready for dinner, finally agreeing on Italian food, I started to cry. I missed the rustic farm and the unforeseen bugs and the belly laughs we shared hour by hour. But what I missed most was being a team. You see, the thing about putting yourself in foreign and new situations with someone you love is that you need each other on a level that the finer luxuries of life cannot give you. And as our time came to a close in Sonoma County and we headed home away from the five-star Marriott and back to LA, Eric and I came to an agreement that the next vacation we went on would not be at the Marriott. We would go wolfing again. We would do it. Only this time we wouldn't leave early. We would stay the entire week. so fun it's like it's a COVID activity I love it yes right it doesn't make you feel like you're doing something with your life exactly it's like ooh, i have somewhere to be at 6 p.m everyone silence in the house (laughs) so true
0: so true um i mean i my dog came in here and i looked at him and i was like if you bark i swear to god (laughs) um well so i actually want to talk about this was your first performance with it's personal and it was our first time doing an online show Uh, since COVID hit and we were transitioning and figuring that out. So I would love to talk about your background with storytelling because you have a background with storytelling. I would love to talk about your company and like how we got to this moment. Can you
1: share with us? Wow. Yeah, it's so so fascinating. Yeah, I was a stand-up comedian for three years. And as a stand-up, you learn so much about yourself. And I, you know, I was never like the best joke teller. I learned like, oh, stories. That was like what my niche was. Um, And it's so funny. Los Angeles is so big that, you know, I started telling people, oh, I'm like a storyteller comedian. They're like, oh, where? Well, have you heard about the storytelling community in LA? I was like, what? I just did this deep dive Google search. And you know what's so fascinating? I found so many and so many storytelling shows have just like, stopped Mm. or their website is there but there's no activity and I found you guys and your website was so awesome oh yeah like and it's so funny that like you know an image can reveal so much but just seeing y'all's like faces you just look like wonderful people you know like people I'd be like oh these people are great oh you're making my heart melt (laughs) so I creepily researched your next show and i (laughs) This is like, I'm I'm married in my relationship with Eric is usually like, I tried this. I don't really know anything about it, but we're going to (laughs) go. So we showed up. I love that. I love that. And yeah, we sat on the front row, um, had a glass of wine and yeah, I was just really inspired and it was in a black box theater and it was just like beautifully performed and everyone just had this like genuine quality about them, which you have to like fight to find in LA sometimes. Yeah and and then talking to you guys and realizing like wow you just put this on put it up and the ripple effects of like Well
0: I you know it's crazy I remember you coming up and talking to Riley and I after the show oh, and yes. I think I also talked to Eric briefly too I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure we did but I remember you And another woman came up and were talking to us and I just, you were just saying like how you related and how you do this and how you're really interested in this. And my heart just felt so warm because it's honestly the best. It's so scary going up and sharing your story and being vulnerable, whether it's comedic or dramatic. I mean, you think of these stand-up comedians who are, are going up there and burying their souls and telling everyone these intimate moments of their lives. And then someone comes up and is like, I get you after the show. Yeah. Or I relate. Or that was really funny. And it's like a drug. You're on a high. And I just remember having that conversation. I was like,
1: I hope we get to work with her one day. And then it worked out. Oh. Kind of. Through COVID. Yes. <laughs> through COVID. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, internet and YouTube live. Yeah. Yeah. It was amazing to be in that show and I loved the theme you know surviving and it was honestly it's so fascinating because when you're in a show I think yeah when I did stand-up I'd always get you know like the jitters even if I knew the set so well I'd always still get nervous and so when I did the live show through YouTube I was like oh this is gonna be so nice I'm in my home and I found myself like (laughs) the butterflies returned I was like there's nobody in this room but me. Okay. <laughs> I actually wanted
0: to ask you that process of um, normally performing on stage, and then all of a sudden we're like, hey, we're doing this online. What was that transition like for you as a stand-up artist and storyteller?
1: I actually found in my book, Personal experience, it was a little harder Mm. because there's something so magical about a live audience and just like feeding off their laughs or their sighs and having no audience. I like, (laughs) I found I was just like, I guess so worked up A, because I was excited to be performing, and B, because I was like, well, you know, I don't really know how the audience is feeling about this story. So I did like a little yoga video (laughs) before. And then I was like, you know, this is so, this is exciting. It's exciting to perform, even if it's just in my home, you know, to people's faces. I can't see. It was like a really exciting COVID memory, I will say.
0: Yeah, no, I'm with you. And I think, too, like there is something about that energy. That you feel and you're like, okay, I'm ready to, like, share it with people. And then when you don't get that response back, you're like, where do I put this energy?
1: Mm, yeah.
0: And for for me personally, when when I did it online for the first time, I was, like, so afraid that my energy would uh, diffuse my groundedness within the piece because I had nowhere to put – I couldn't give it to the audience.
1: Wow, yeah.
0: It was just, like, bottled up in me. So I just totally – I totally relate to your experience where are like, I think it's so smart you did yoga before. That is really smart because you need to put it somewhere and kind of get it out because you don't have that normal reaction that you're expecting to have, yet you're live and you know people are watching you.
1: Yeah, it's very fascinating. Um, even the whole Zoom experience, you know, I think that's something I've learned is like, well, A, thank goodness for Zoom. It has allowed for so many, you know, yeah, just like connection during this time. But I've realized, wow, just how important it is to, like, see a person.
0: Yeah. And, and like, seeing people, but then at the same time, like, hearing people, too. And, like, remembering that we are human, even in this, like, digital space. And that we do have... We still have stories to tell, which is crazy, because what have we been doing?
1: Yes! Because I, I was, like, thinking about that. I was like, wow, I feel like I have so much stand-up material from COVID, which is just nonsense it's good it's gonna be
0: interesting like what storytelling and stand-up comedy is going to progress especially when we're back in person like i wonder how many plays are gonna come out that have to do with covid and quarantine i don't know you know what i mean it's just weird it's crazy what a time yeah but i need to know i'm i'm assuming you
1: haven't woofed again because of covid right that is correct and eric is very happy about that (laughs) i was
0: gonna say because you kind of said you would do it again at the end of your piece do you still feel that way
1: oh yes you know i have found i like being in uncomfortable situations i I just this is the thing i love being outside of my comfort zone if it's something i've never tried yes i'm 100 percent there Cause I feel like, I think too, It just goes back to like, yeah, as a storyteller, I love experiencing life. And the more you, I love exper- seeing the way other people live their lives as well. Mm. And the more unique it is, the more I feel like I become a more just open-minded, well-rounded human. That's really beautiful. That's really nice. Oh, <laughs> cause when we went to stay with Devorah was her name. I'm like, wow, you poop and pee in buckets to be efficient (laughs) and she you know uses it for her flowers to grow more so there was like a reason to the really unique way of living yeah I feel like just seeing that on the outside seeing someone's life is like so easy to judge but once you're Mm -hmm. living and in it you're like oh I'm like it is kind of efficient to use the bathroom with your flowers
0: (laughs) I mean the garden must be flourishing (laughs) It was a very good garden. <laughs> well, and you talk about being a team with your husband, and like, how do you feel like that's trans? And you want you talked about how you wanted to continue to do those like team activities and things like that. How has that translated into your quarantine COVID life? Have you found that you have been able to like resurrect that feeling that you guys had?
1: I. Yes. You know, our, I feel like everyone has a COVID story. We literally lost everything when COVID hit our jobs, our apartment. We sold all our furniture. We have downsized to a tiny place in the heart of like the mountains. And during that time when we were both unemployed and it was like beyond struggling, especially as two artists, it's like, wow, you already struggle and then you struggle deeper. But I like look back on that time and like there are so many beautiful moments yeah. because we needed each other to a really deep level and it's like now we are settled and we got jobs and it's like the more you become settled i've found in like marriage sometimes the more the easier it is to live your individual lives mm. and i think that's why i told that story about devora because i had realized and i've only been married two years but i've realized like i believe Ooh. it's good for us to do tough things together because then we grow together. And it's too easy in this world to be an individual, even in marriage, there's so many like, you have your phone, the computer, a book, you can work on this, you can write this. Huh. That's so
0: interesting. And do you feel like since you've downsized and had to make this move and like since that moment, do you feel like you still go back into those like individualistic tendencies?
1: Yes, I feel my husband is an actor and When you're an artist, the job never has to end. Mm. You know, there's always something more you could be doing for your craft. And I think we find it sometimes hard to turn that off. And now that we're both in that world, it's like, yeah, we have to be really mindful of like, okay, this can wait. Let's go take a walk. Yeah, and honestly, COVID has been very hard, but I feel like it's the closest we have been in so many ways you know, (laughs) because I'm quarantined with Eric. So it's like, well, if he's getting on my nerves and then it's five minutes later, I'm like, do you want to cuddle? (laughs) That's, But that's really
0: cute. It's funny because you talked about how you wanted to do this thing of being a team again and you kind of did it again without intentionally meaning to just because of the way the world happened, which is kind of fascinating.
1: Wow, that is actually really fascinating. We're just like
0: really just diving in here. Um, I want to talk about, uh, because you do stand-up and because you are a storyteller, I would love for you to talk about your show too, but also the process of what writing looks like for you and what this process of writing this piece was for you.
1: Yeah, the process of writing. It's interesting. I feel like if anybody was to say like, you are one thing, Sarah, what is it? I would say a writer. And I've realized when everything is taken away from me, that is the one thing I really can't live without. And that's why I love stories so much. Because, you know, as a writer, we don't write to not share And so my favorite thing is really finding a story that can be shared to provide, like, hope, healing, entertainment. And I feel this all came from, I'm from a big Irish family in Tennessee, and my mom's side of the family, like, did not believe in TV. And so there would be huge gatherings with all my cousins, and, like, they are just master storytellers. I never realized the beauty of it until I got older. And now I just like miss that constant because I have 31st cousins and they mm. all lived with, live within a five mile radius. And sometimes it was like a little too many people. But at the end of the day, I just loved it because it's literally just people, story, story, stories. There was never a TV on. And I think that just kind of developed this, I guess, trait to entertain. And also when you have 31st cousins, If you want to be heard, you better have something really good to say. (laughs) So in a way, I guess I kind of learned as a child to have like pauses and dramatic effects and good stories to to get some
0: attention. That's, that's, I I have like five people in my family, so it's mind boggling to me. That's a lot of people. that's that's crazy but no but also very cool that like you learned like literally the classic art of storytelling firsthand i mean because that's like how cavemen did it right they all sat around or cave women they all (laughs) sat around you know the fire telling stories and that continued and then it kind of died because then people started making stories for us that's true Hmm. so it's really cool that you kind of had this organic Life lesson in your life. I'm very fascinated by you, Sarah.
1: No, <laughs> oh, are you? Well, also, now that you're saying this, I was a, I used to camp. And like at the time, my family was like really poor, struggling with money. And so like vacation was a tent and a campground. And at the time, you know, it's like, why can't we go to Disney World? But now that I'm adult, I'm like, when you camp, once again, all you have is stories for entertainment. Like, you play a board game or you better tell some good stories. You
0: (laughs) got to make some people laugh. You got to be creative. That's so, so
1: interesting. That's really, that's really, really cool. Oh, but I'll say, I don't think I answered your question about the process of writing. Oh, I mean, tell me more if you have more. I want to hear more. It's funny. Sometimes it is very hard for me to get in the writing zone. Mm. because of life distractions like the dishes
0: i love that that's
1: your distraction <laughs> my distraction
0: is like five new episodes of game of thrones came out like that's <laughs> that's my
1: distraction yours is like mm, i need to clean <laughs> <laughs> i wish that was my distraction then i feel i'd expand my story repertoire instead of <laughs> like it all must be spotless to have a clear mind <laughs> that sounds so southern it sounds like my mother but that is what it feels like i'm like it needs to be clean so i can write hey whatever works once it's clean get some really strong coffee and you know what eric that's who i'm married to he told me this and it really kind of changed my life he's like sometimes focusing is a challenge for a creative person and he was like what do you do in life where you lose track of time And I'm a very like structured mind and I love knowing the time and I know the time all the time. But I realized the only time in my life I've ever lost track of time is writing. When I realized that about a year ago, I just really kind of became very intentional to stop things that take away from that
0: so interesting that's why i asked this question because like everyone's so different and the fact that you can just lose yourself in the moment and get what you need to say out is really cool and really beautiful i want to also kind of talk about your show and how that came to to be and this transition from stand-up and storytelling combined
1: oh the show i created yeah
0: tell me about it
1: all right so i created this show called funny people cry too (laughs)
0: It's so good, though.
1: It's such a good title. When you told me this, I was
0: like, they do cry.
1: <laughs> I know, you forget that. So so basically, as the story goes, honestly, I, I never really saw a stand-up show in Tennessee. I never knew much about stand-up. And when I moved to LA, after about two and a half years, I was so worn down. And it was going, but I was alone all the time alone auditioning, alone memorizing lines, and then I'd go wait tables, and then I'd get up and memorize more lines. It was just like, oh my gosh, this is not a life. And you know, you work so hard for a hope you'll get a chance to tell a story. And I realized I was sort of like losing everything that made me me. Because also when you move to LA as an actor, I've never been told so many different ways to change myself. Mm. You're too southern, you're not southern enough, and you cut your hair, dye your hair, you're too tall. <laughs> it's just like trying to like morph a little bit for all these different opportunities. And then in the process, it, I felt like I had lost all of who I was. Mm. And I was like, I need to laugh. I don't laugh like I used to. And I remember I, I went to a stand up show, and I had never seen a stand up show. I mean, I saw a dinky one in Tennessee, and that was, like, a joke. <laughs> but anyway, the stand-up show went to a show at the comedy store, and I felt like all my, like, pain and loneliness and depression, it was just gone in an instant. Hmm. Because people were so honest. I just remember thinking, wow, that's what I want to do. I want to be around those people. So I took a stand-up class, <laughs> and, like, I ended up, like, having a pretty good knack for it. And then my teacher gave me a referral to the comedy store, and then it kind of just like snowballed. And I feel like in a way, stand-up comedy was, it brought me back to who I was. Because, I mean, there were shows where people didn't like my humor and they didn't laugh. And that is the worst feeling in the world, (laughs) to stand up in front of like 50 people and they don't think you're funny. But in a way, it made me more of who I am. Because it was just like, okay, not everyone's going to like me. And I think as an actor, that desire is so inside of like, hire me, like me. And stand-up comedy helped me be like, not everyone's going to like you or what your humor is. And that is okay. And in the green room, I would just talk to the comedians and all of them wanted a place to share their pain. It wears them down to have to be on and funny all the time. And they're like, people don't think I am suffering and there's no place for me to go to tell the pain. So yeah, this was like really kind of what pressing on me. And so, yeah, this came to me, this idea, and I couldn't stop thinking about it. You know, it was just like in me. And I was like, I, I this is what I feel I'm meant to do is create this platform for the place where you, you can tell your stories and they don't always have to be funny. So that's how Funny People Cry 2 was born, and wow, let me tell you, I commend you so much because to create a show, produce a show, wow, it is so much work. I had no idea. (laughs)
0: It's a lot.
1: Oh, you're so
0: sweet. It's crazy because you're like, there's something, it's like that we talked about it after the show, there's like that, that high where you're like you got what you said out that needed to be said. And then you're like, God, how do I do this again? Mm. And I feel like that's just what it kept kept happening, you know?
1: That's amazing. You've described the feeling perfectly. It's like once the show ends, you're like, how do I create this again?
0: Yeah. And it's like you were saying, like those funny moments, but those painful moments. Man, some of the painful things that we've heard people share on stage or myself even, and then you come off and you're like, I'm like free of
1: that. That was like free therapy for me. Oh my gosh. Liz, that is exactly what I feel. (laughs) Yeah, I learned something recently. I've been reading a lot of books about mental health and the mind. There's this like spiritual leader. He was almost named like the closest thing to a modern day saint, but he said, like, People can do so many things to try to heal their pain and suffering, but it is not possible until you share it in a community. Mm. And to me, that resonates so deeply because anything I've ever struggled with, yeah, sharing it on stage in a story, it's like you said, it's like, wow, I'm free of that now.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think this is so cool that this came from not only like your past, but also just like being in a room with comedians and being like, damn, there's pain here. I think that's so beautiful, Sarah. I love what you're doing too. And I think it's so great. And I was so sad because I was almost in one of your shows. And then
1: COVID hit. And I was like, no. I know. It was so sad. We started Funny People Cry To last year. And then our second show is going to take place. And literally COVID hit the same month. And
0: man.
1: Ugh. Do you think you're going to go online? You know, I've weighed those options so much, but because the show, it's so, it's like a really healing experience. And I feel like it's just, Mm -hmm. I feel like it's just a place that's meant to be with people.
0: Yeah. I feel you. I feel you. And it's, there is something to be said about that too because pieces that are done online, even myself, I am very particular about the ones that I choose to put online because there is a difference with an audience. There is a difference saying it once and it being gone and done forever. And there is another experience when it's up on YouTube and someone can look it up. <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: so true. Then you're like, Ooh, wonder what the comments are. <laughs> oh no.
0: Constant feedback. Yes, constant feedback. It's totally different compared to just doing it at once and being like, we can continue with life.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh,
0: that's so funny. Uh, so interesting. Well, my last question, I want to just tie it back in with the theme of survival of the show that you did. So what does survival look like now in comparison to your journey back in May? Wow. <laughs> I mean, I know the world has basically exploded, but in terms of you personally, how does that survival feeling from when you did your piece then to now feel like?
1: Wow, it's so, it's funny how life works because we moved to a place, it's a guest house, there are more animals around us than people, (laughs) and I mean, let me tell you, coyotes, scorpion in the bedroom, ants, I... Like, I thought I was prepared for this. No. But in times where I've been, like, have to get out, I've, like, thought of Devorah and wolfing in her place and just how, like, she was friends with all the animals and the bugs and she's, like, God created them. We love them. And I feel like just experiencing my life with her kind of prepared me for this moment I didn't know was coming in my life. Sure. Like, we basically live on a hiking trail. (laughs) And it's beautiful but it is it's a little rustic and i just i feel like i was more prepared for survival because i got to hang with devora for a bit who doesn't see it as surviving she sees it as like what a journey life takes us on so i've been striving to adopt that mindset more instead of like where is my life going it's more like okay Look at this fun journey on the hiking trail we live near.
0: That's sweet. That's really sweet. That's nice. <laughs> oh, is it? I mean. I-, I genuinely think that's really nice. Like, oh. Yeah. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for chatting with me and about your peace. And we loved having you and we hope you come back.
1: Oh, I'd love to come back. And I love your accent, by the way. Every time I talk. It's Chicago, right? Yeah. <laughs>
0: I love it. Yes. I'm like So I was gonna say I love yours. You got you got such like a lovely, like sweet, rounded tones where I feel like mine are just like heavy nasal, like kill
1: me. No, it's not. No, <laughs> you know, I love Chicago. I've been there twice. And I'm like, oh, the city is clean and wonderful and artistic.
0: I mean, I don't mean to like it's not my I don't own the city, but I do like toot I toot my own horn about it.
1: I'm like, it's the best city ever. Chicago kicks ass. <laughs> I've never been to Tennessee. Well, let me tell you, you about Chicago is me about Nashville. I'm like, oh. I want to
0: go so
1: bad. It feels like a mini <laughs> LA in a way. It's like so hip now. It's more hip than when I ever lived there.
0: Hmm. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Well, seriously, though, thank you so much for taking the time to chat and it an absolute pleasure and a delight
1: oh i loved it thanks for having me and everyone should watch your show yours too yes everyone needs to be heard that's a good nugget yeah yeah well bye universe (laughs) goodbye
0: it's personal is a live storytelling show with a twist you can find tickets to future shows in the 2021 season at itspersonalonstage.com or in the link in our Instagram bio. Super easy. It's personal on stage. While you're on our website, take a second to catch up with our blog, sign up for a class or two, invest in a membership, and explore our store for the cutest merch ever. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.